Penn State football is 4-0 and heading into the Big Ten schedule. Uh, obviously, they have the game with Wisconsin already under their belt, but the rest of the way, it's Big Ten play. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, and today on the BWI Daily Edition, now that we have a month of football in the books, we've got a quarter of the hay in the barn. Who are the players that are standing out? Who are the players that are playing or at least producing on an elite level? I'm going to point out the seven players so far that have done that. Uh, most of these guys are going to be on defense, although the offensive players probably are the most significant part of this story, given who they are and their production so far. So if you want to make sure that you never miss a BWI Daily Edition, make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, search Blue White Illustrated, youtube.com backslash Blue White Illustrated. Give us that follow. Give us the, the thumbs up button. You know how this works. And in order to keep doing this, in order to keep growing the channel, giving you more awesome and cool content, we need to make sure that we're keeping our followers going and that you don't miss anything heading into the most important part of the season. Yes, the last four games were the most important part of the season, but the ones coming up are always the ones that are most important. So make sure you subscribe. Okay, the most important player so far for Penn State football and the guy that we thought was going to be the liability coming into the season, including yours truly, is the guy that might be having the best season so far, at least offensively. That is quarterback Sean Clifford, and uh, it's it's obvious when you look at the key metrics as far as his ability to make plays this year what he's been doing with the football has been outstanding zero turnover worthy plays zero plays where he has by his decision put the ball in harm's way that is a huge change for Penn State football and for Sean Clifford the yards are there obviously you've seen it again this is another one of those eyeball tests and stats are backing things up 1159 yards throughout the season that is 15th in the nation his completion percentage 71% is also 15th in the nation and of course our stats today are provided by PFF pff.com premium stats 2.0 his PFF rank is 15th the passing grade so the metrics and the evaluation, the play-by-play -play evaluation are matching up. He's playing as well as you've seen. And I think this is a critical thing because so far, Penn State football has been asking him to win the games for them. The rushing attack has not been the thing that leads this team. Sean Clifford has been the thing that leads this team. And, and he is rising to that occasion. So that is the most critical part of this offense. And truthfully, that's the most important part of the team, that the quarterback is playing at a near elite level. The statistics are all in the top percentage of quarterbacks in, uh, in, in college football, and he's proving everybody wrong. He's proving everybody wrong, except for the people that want to say, hey, I never doubted him to begin with, and my point was you probably should have. So congratulations, you landed on the right side of the ledger, but there were reasons to be doubtful, but not anymore, or at least not right now heading into Big Ten play. And we'll get to, uh, at the end, a small preview of the game versus uh, Indiana and how he will be tested once again. But the guys that are helping him generate all those yards and all those stats, Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson, are both having phenomenal seasons and doing it in unique and different ways. And this is the important part. Washington is doing it after the catch and Dotson is doing it deep. Both guys 179 yards after the catch for Washington and for Dotson 195 yards deep receiving. He's been doing that all season long, except for when teams try and take that away. 
And when they do take that away, he's been productive underneath as well. He's been a full level receiver in both the deep passing game and, of course, when he's going uh, over the middle or underneath on those bubble screens. And that is something that's really important because we saw last year he was a deep ball threat. Would he be able to do that again? Would he be able to do what he did against Wisconsin going forward in the season? He's been open at least once every single game so far this year. And that production, 195 yards deep receiving, is going to open up the passing game for everybody else. And yes, most of it was built on last week for Parker Washington, but those 190, uh, 79 yards after the catch... That's what he needs to do in this offense. He needs to be the chain mover. He needs to be the guy that gets tough yards and uses all that space that uh, Jahan Dotson is opening. And this is what we talked about a lot on the BWI Daily Edition coming into the season. Mike Yersich's offense, typically the top two receivers, have a clear separation between the number of targets, yards, and the percentage share of the offense from everybody else. That's pretty much holding to this point. Now, Penn State does have a diversity of players they can go to for those other targets, but the two best players are playing like it, and that's a critical thing for Penn State football going forward, that their best players are playing really good football. Parker Washington, in particular, is turning into the guy that you were hoping for. There was much more certainty about what Jahan Dotson was going to be. You wanted to see more from Parker Washington. The, the hands are amazing his ability to catch the ball outside his frame not make too many drops and still make plays after the catch he's still growing as a young football player but those if he's growing right now and he's a top 25 receiver according to pff's grading that's a great great place to start so those are the offensive guys the guys that you might expect are playing at the most elite levels those are the guys that uh, we've highlighted today now we'll head over to the defensive side of the ball and the player that don't don't get this misunderstood because he only has one sack. Arnold Ebikidi is playing at an elite level. No other edge defender in the country has more hits on the quarterback, meaning he hit the quarterback and took him to the ground. It's a sack except for the football. That impacts the passing attack on a regular basis. He's got nine of those so far this season. That's tied for the most. He's top 25 in terms of his total pressures with 17, and his PFF passing rank, his pass rushing grade is 10th. So he is producing at an incredibly high level. He is meeting and exceeding all the expectations that Penn State football fans probably had for him coming into the season. That is critical because outside of him, he has been the real deal in every single game. He has changed the mathematics of the way teams have played Penn State, where Auburn did not hold on to the football. They refused to keep the football in the hands of Bo Nix. The same thing happened to Ball State. And maybe some of those sack totals, that's that's partly why. But the pressure is there and the hits on the quarterback. Everything is there for Arnold Ebikidi. The question then becomes, who's going to join him at the party? He has, by far and away, the majority of Penn State's pressures this season. Nobody else even comes close. And no other edge defender specifically comes close. Can Jesse Lucchetta grow into that player in his first year as an edge defender? That's going to be a tough ask. So where can they find pressure, either through blitzing or through guys winning on the interior? 
That's going to be critical going forward because if Penn State faces a left tackle that can handle Ebikidi, they're going to need to find pressure from somewhere. They're going to need to do that, and if that puts them in a bind, that is something to watch going forward. But at least right now, every level of the defense is working at a high level through some very good games so far where Penn State has been tested. Their defense has been tested. Their offense has been tested. These are not non-conference snaps. These, to me, these metrics are meaningful. This is a true test of how these teams are playing. And speaking of which, another huge step forward for Penn State football is Brandon Smith. This is what everyone hoped he would do if you were following along with Penn State football when he moved into the box. His ability to play in coverage in that smaller space has been great. 13 coverage tackles is 7th in college football. And it's not just that he's getting those tackles, it's the quality of them as well. Eight coverage stops, meaning he tackled the player for less than five yards, meaning he's limiting damage after the catch. He has eight of those, so so over half of his tackles so far have been stops, and his PFF coverage rank because of that at that linebacker position is fifth in the nation. That's a huge step forward. Now, we've talked again about Brandon Smith as the run defender in the box. That is still growing. He's still learning how to play that position and play the run a little bit better. So his 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 run defense grades are far below that of his coverage grade. But to me, he's got the hard part right. It is hard to find a good coverage linebacker who can play that well in space. It is very hard and defenses or offenses, excuse me, do a lot of stuff to you to frustrate the, the, the linebackers specifically in coverage. So he has taken a huge step forward for the Penn State defense and for himself in that area. And as he learns to play in the box a little more, shed tackles, be in the right spot, not give up his gap, all of those things will get better as long as he continues to work on them. And with the way that Brandon Smith, his work ethic, his character, all those things that are well-documented, that should improve over time. Now, the caveat is it should. He's 245. He runs fast. He's got long arms. It should just be about him getting acclimated to playing in the box. Should be. We'll keep an eye on that going forward. But as far as the coverage ability, Penn State has had a hard time finding coverage linebackers that can play well underneath in those underneath zones. He has done that. And to me, that is a critical factor. Those numbers being elite is key. Now, speaking of elite, probably the most elite player on this team is Jaquan Brisker and the stats back it up. His passer rating allowed is 6.3. 6.3. If you throw the ball into the dirt, you get a 36. His total yards allowed in coverage is 6. He has a couple dropped interceptions, and as you see here on the graphic, if you're watching on YouTube, he has a game-sealing interception and a game-sealing pass breakup. So big plays, big moments, he's making it all happen, and because of that, his PFF coverage rank, second among safeties. That is a huge thing. Again, coverage is so important in football now. The ability for offenses to throw the ball down the field and to create space, if you can take it away, if you can play well in space and you know, know where the routes are going, have anticipation, play the zones well, play the quarterback well, He's doing all of that, and we've seen the run defense and the tackling metrics last year. He's played so well in so many different facets that the only thing that I have a question about right now for him is health because the majority of his snaps, I think 100 and, and some of his 200 snaps, over uh, two-thirds of his snaps have come against the pass, and he's played two run-heavy teams. So that's a really interesting thing of where is that shoulder? He did kind of get a snap count, a pitch count against Ball State and against Villanova. 
a little more active in the Villanova game, but the game was put out of hand at that point. So that's understandable. But then when we get into Big Ten play again and and there's there's more pressure to perform at all levels of the defense, does he rise back to that occasion? Because right now, I do think the shoulder was affecting his run defense just a little bit. So there's some missed tackles in there that there weren't previously. But even with that, he still is making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Great tackles for loss, great pressures. He's He's the complete player. He is the most complete player on this team. And he should be. I just don't understand how he is not going to be a top 32 pick in the NFL draft this spring. He's playing like that, and we've talked about it before. The biggest moments, he's made the biggest plays on the biggest stages. And as much as the down-to-down play is super important in football, if you want the awards and you want the eyeballs and the attention and the accolades, you've got to do that as well. And he's done that. He has done that. He's sealed, or should have sealed, two games for Penn State football against their two toughest opponents. Brisker so far is, you know, by metric and by eyeball test, he is the complete real deal for Penn State football. Now we're going to end on our seven elite players on a guy that is maybe a little bit on the fence as far as the the down-to-down grading so far, but the metrics are elite. And that would be Daquan Hardy in the slot. And there's a lot of interesting things that go into what Hardy has done so far this season. Mentioned a bunch of times so far that they've played a lot of run-heavy teams. So he hasn't been on the field As much as he would in the past, Penn State likes to play with that slot corner, likes to play with five defensive backs. Curtis Jacobs has been on the field. He's been struggling a little bit, still has really good numbers in terms of uh, yards allowed per catch. But Hardy, when he's come on the field, he's performed at a high level. His passer rating from the slot, 24.5, another elite number. And because he's coming in on mostly third down and obvious passing situations, He's being targeted quite a bit. He's not coming on the field and just playing in a zone and kind of getting through and and being a guy on the football field. He's an active participant every single time he's on the football field. He's been targeted basically every four snaps. So that's a high rate. That's, again, another fourth, fifth most in the nation so far when it comes to his targets and his, his productivity on the field. He's being tested every time he's out there. Now, the coverage grade, as you saw there, if you're watching on YouTube again, it near 50, 48 or so, but, you know, when you have a small sample size, he has less than 100 coverage snaps so far this season. If you have one or two bad plays, that can kind of change that metric. But as far as his production, those balls were not caught. (laughs) They weren't even thrown accurately. So, you know, that's how that survives a little bit and how you get that disparity between the two. But on the flip side, his ball production is there as well. Not only is he being targeted a lot, in these targets, he's in man coverage. He's in one and one-on-one coverage for most of the time he's on the football field. Because again, it's third and long, it's third and medium. He has to perform, and he is, you know, the pressure is on. And so far, picks, pass breakups, and the one reception he did give up, he nearly undercut it. And uh at least, at the very least, almost got a pass breakup. If he was a little bit quicker to the ball, would have had a pick six versus Villanova. So he's productive, he is anticipating, and those man coverage skills are there. You can see it, and that's another key thing for Penn State football. Not only is it brisker, an honorable mention to Joey Porter Jr., whose numbers aren't quite elite, but his play down-to-down so far has been nearly elite. 
And Daquan Hardy is producing at that level. So the majority of their secondary is playing not only above expectations, but far above expectations, and they're getting their hands on the football. So everything working for the Penn State defense through four games this season. That's why they're one of the best units in the nation. Now, a quick preview of what we're going to see this coming weekend, at least from a from a metric standpoint for Penn State and Indiana. Sean Clifford, eight touchdowns so far this season, another top 25 number for that for for that particular facet against an Indiana defense that has allowed one so far in their critical games this season. That is in their their two and two so far. They've lost both games to Iowa and to Cincinnati, but Tom Allen is a good defensive coordinator, good defensive mind. What he did last year to Sean Clifford was a lot of complex coverages, a lot of rotation after the snap, a lot of things that would frustrate a quarterback when they want to diagnose what's going to go on pre-snap. Tom Allen's going to bring all those those tricks again. And and Taiwan Mullen, the corner, is a good football player. Uh, I like Marcelino Ball. He's another veteran safety linebacker hybrid who has done good things in the past for them coming back from an ACL injury. The depth is not there as far as the, the talent to, to match up with Penn State, but the scheme and the minds and some of the top players are there to test Sean Clifford. So another strong test for Clifford so far this season. But so But, but as we've said... He has risen to and exceeded every expectation so far. My personal opinion is that he's going to overcome this particular demon this coming weekend because he's been playing too good to make some of the mistakes he made last year. He's going to avoid the mistakes. Again, zero turnover-worthy plays. So that is a positive sign for Penn State. And of course, the, D- the team as in general is struggling, but especially Michael Penix. This is another game where Penn State's secondary can put up some elite numbers. Six interceptions in the two games versus top 25 teams. Penn State is getting their hands on the football. That's another area. Penn State has a massive advantage going to this game against Indiana. That'll do it for today on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, on YouTube, we love having you here. We love giving you the visuals, giving you the breakdown of what's going on. So make sure you subscribe. And of course give us a review. I'm your host, Thomas Rankar. We'll be back later this week.